I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is Psychacks, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is, what should I do with my life? So this is a question that explicitly or implicitly underlies much of my work with young men. And today I'm going to share some perspectives on both how to approach and how not to approach an answer to this question. These are lessons I've learned the hard way through my own personal experience and subsequently refined in working with thousands of men. Let's get to it. So here's the thing. Being a young man is extremely difficult, and society does not acknowledge that reality at all. You're unattractive to women because you don't have the things that women want. You don't yet have status, wealth, emotional maturity, decent housing, or an emotionally compelling lifestyle, unless you're a musician or something. And most girls go through a musician phase before realizing that they're definitely not looking for a musician. By the same token, you're also useless to men because you can't really help them achieve their goals. You don't yet have experience, skills, knowledge, resources, or a social network worth noting. You're a liability. You're not really able to help. You can only be helped. So it takes a while to find your way as a young man. And very few people are really going to help you with this process because doing so would require they spend time, energy, and money, and you may not yet have anything other people want in exchange for their troubles. There are many ways to go and little to no assistance forthcoming. And since we're talking about your life, the stakes are indeed high. What should you, in fact, do? Well, I can tell you that the absolute worst way to approach this question of what you should do with your life is to sit in your room and think about it. That does not work. I call this strategy playing mental chess or chessing for short. When people chess, they sit in their rooms and consider hundreds or thousands of hypothetical scenarios in the privacy of their consciousness. At first blush, this may seem like a useful adaptation. After all, isn't it better to fail or worse in your imagination than in reality? Doesn't this allow people to live a multitude of simulated lives and choose the best one? Not really. Thinking about what you should do with your life as a young man is kind of like playing a game of chess in your mind 50 moves out before you've even made your opener. It is absurd, like the likelihood that the game will Truly transact along those lines is a trillion to one. The probability is so infinitesimally small, it's literally not worth expending the calories to think about. You could spend hours, days, weeks, or even months visualizing the game unfolding along certain lines, and the first move your opponent makes invalidates the entire effort. So it's a silly thing to do. It's also silly because, frankly, you don't really know who you are yet. I mean, you're not even done physically maturing until you're 25, and it can take much longer to mature emotionally and psychologically. You might think you know who you are, and you probably do if you're in your early 20s, but that might not actually accord with who you truly are. So sitting in your room and chessing out your future and the privacy of your consciousness means that you're actually making hypothetical decisions based on who you think you are or who you'd like to be. And the chances are good that these decisions will not align perfectly or even mostly with the reality of who you really are. 
So not only is it not like good hypothetical planning, it can't be good hypothetical planning almost by definition. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message because it's word of mouth referrals like this that really help to make the channel grow. You can also go to my website and tip me through my Venmo link if you like what you heard. I rely on your support in order to keep all this going. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, chess is interesting. There have been many studies examining mastery in the context of chess, and it turns out that contrary to popular belief, chess masters actually don't think significantly more moves ahead than the average player. Most are only thinking two or three moves in advance. Master chess players differentiate themselves from average players in two main ways. By identifying poor moves quickly and reliably, thereby reducing the total move set under consideration to just a few plausible contenders, and by recognizing patterns more quickly and with less information, thereby activating previously consolidated move sequences. And of course, they're able to do both because they've played thousands and thousands and thousands of games. The same is basically true of life. You can't figure out who you... You can't figure out what you should do with your life just sitting in your room because we only really learn who we are by examining the choices that we make as we move through life. And the longer you sit in your room and ruminate, the longer you're depriving yourself of this precious data about who you actually are. Fortunately, there are very few decisions in life that have really long-lasting consequences. These include things like the decision to have children or get married. So leaving these aside, most decisions can be easily course-corrected as you receive feedback as a consequence of your initial decision. Like, if you were to leave your house and realize that you set off in the wrong direction— you wouldn't like keep going around the world until you arrive back at your starting point. You just turn around. And in the vast majority of cases, it's actually much easier to just turn around than most people believe. So to figure out who you are, you need to move out into the world and start making decisions. Enter into a period of exploration and experimentation. Your 20s are like a buffet. When you go to a buffet, you don't just load up on the first things that you see. You kind of take a little bit of everything. You nibble on this, you nibble on that. Sometimes your expectations are confirmed, and a lot of times they're not. But in all cases, you now have much better insight into where to go back for seconds. The idea here is to put yourself in situations and check in with how you feel as a consequence of that decision. Your feeling is the important data point. If you feel mostly good, you may only need to tweak your heading a little bit as you continue in the same general direction. And if it feels bad, and I mean bad in the sense of it makes you feel weak or ashamed or aggravated, not in the sense that it's hard or difficult, you may need to quit and move in a different direction. Contrary to popular belief, quitting is not a problem. As I've previously discussed, winners almost always quit. They quit everything accept the thing they choose to master. And they do this because it takes a significant amount of focus, effort, and resources to actually arrive at mastery. Very, very few people can be masters in multiple domains. So you'll want to choose that one thing very carefully because a mismatch between who you actually are 
and the reality-based demands of mastery in a particular field will have significant downstream consequences. Hard work will often trump talent without effort, but you really need both to succeed at the highest levels. So get out there and start making choices. The feedback from your decisions will reveal who you are to yourself, and if you pay attention to that feedback, you'll begin to accumulate accurate self-knowledge. And this is very useful because accurate self-knowledge accelerates this whole process considerably. Moving forward, you won't have to conduct more or less random experiments with respect to your choices, and you'll be better able to reliably determine which options are most likely to provide goodness of fit with your actual personality. And this process becomes like exponential with more data and accurate insight. Now, here's the payoff. After you've made a few thousand decisions, and after you've changed direction and you've course corrected, and after you've improved your capacity for self-knowledge, and after some years have passed, then, then you'll be in a position to answer the question of what you should do with your life by looking back and seeing what you've chosen to do with it. Your path in life is the one under your feet. And so your path in life is only revealed in the walking. You cannot determine this in advance of the journey. You can only recognize it after you've made some progress along the way. And hopefully, at the end of those decisions, you'll be able to look back on your life without regret because you've used your limited time wisely. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like the priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.